And it is time for Midday here on this October 19th. On this Monday, Tyler Cavalli along with you. Everybody's here. Jason Jorgensen in sports. Bob will join us here in just a couple of minutes as well for the Midday Business uh, Report and a preview. But as always, let's start with our own Susan Littlefield to give us a preview of what's to come this afternoon. Well, thanks, Tyler. Here's what's happening on the farm team. I'll kick it off at 1219 with a great conversation with Raul Fernandez. He is co-founder of the Thanks Dreams. That's THX with an exclamation point. If you see their produce in the stores, click on the QR code. It tells you about the farm worker that picked that produce. Then Alex steps in at 1245 as she talks about a $600,000 grant for the combine. And then I'll wrap everything up at 117 with part two of our conversation with Raul as he talks about how this program is impacting farm workers. That's a midday on this Monday from the farm team. Thank you very much, Susan. Uh, turn it over to Jason for sports. Well, we know who is going to be playing in the World Series, and not sure many people had the this two teams in, this, in the series. Well, at least probably the Dodgers were the, the favorite, but of course they got themselves in some trouble, and they fought through it, and they beat the Braves, so the World Series will begin tomorrow night. Also, we'll talk some Husker football. It's game week. They're only a 26-and-a-half-point underdog as it stands now at Ohio State, but you never know. Boy, do you take the over on that? Do you take the under? 26 and a half, you said? It's grown. It initially came out at 25. Then now, it jumped up a little bit. Also, with Husker news, the Wisconsin game now is a 2.30 kickoff uh, on Halloween on FS1. The quarterback situation, has that been announced yet? Did I miss well, that Well, there's week? no depth chart, but you're not going to name your backup one of the captains. Okay. So uh, Adrian Martinez will be the starting quarterback. But he's been pushed a little bit in camp. Right, and that, that was my question, if, if this really helped the line or not, because if they were going a different direction. I also get it. It's Ohio State. It's at Ohio State. You're playing against a lot of future NFLers. Yeah, that's, that's a big one for the Huskers. But if you look at a lot of the big boys early on in the season, they haven't played all that well mm-hmm. coming back off of the pandemic. So who knows? I, I think if you're in Nebraska, you have as much of a shot an opening week as you do if it was later on in the year. Uh, speaking of game week as well, high school football playoffs start this week in eight-man action, which is uh, interesting and weird to kind of think about. Yeah, we made it to the playoffs. So all of the eight-man schools will have their first round of playoffs coming up on Thursday. Then the next week, all classes will play the same day and night on the 30th, which just makes it a great puzzle to try to put together as a broadcast entity on how it all will work. I know you're having a lot of fun with that. Also, you're doing the Southern Valley Highline game yes. Thursday here on 880, mm-hmm. so I expect there to be 200 points scored with the last couple of games you've called. The way the last two games have gone, yeah, you're right. Uh, round 200 is could be expected, especially the first halves have gone. So, Call you Tyler Touchdown. That's right. It's uh, a track meet, apparently, when I show up to the game. Uh, let's turn over to Bob Brogan. Bob, how are stocks doing? Are they reeling a little bit? Mixed on Wall Street at the uh, beginning of this week uh, for corporate earnings news and prospects for getting another U.S. stimulus package done before the election. Those prospects seem to be um, fading a little bit. Uh, Congress is uh, quickly moving past the point at which it can deliver more coronavirus relief before the election, so uh, kind of we're on a short runway right now. And also, the coronavirus pandemic has put millions of Americans out of work, but many of those still working are fearful, distressed, and stretched thin. 
Details on these stories and more. KRVN, 93.1 The River, and Cami have always blazed new trails. This year is no different. We're giving you a chance to win a brand new Chevrolet Blazer. And not just any Blazer. A 2020 Blazer loaded with extra details like tinted windows and a custom paint job. For your first look, go to krvn.com and check it out. Be listening because we'll be giving more details on how you can get registered to win the Blazer this fall. We are blazing new trails. Thanks to these partners. Eustace Body Shop, Eustace, Cozad, Lexington, Kearney, Grand Island, and Lincoln. Heartland Chevrolet and Buick, Lexington. Nutrien Ag Solutions. Suretop Angus and Charlet, Farnham. Cornerstone Bank. Member FDIC. With 43 locations serving Nebraska. Central Valley Irrigation. Holdridge, Lexington, Kearney. Nebraska Land, Kansas Land, Colorado Land Tire Group. And Lexington Regional Health Center. Good news! KRVN is now available on your voice-activated smart speaker. Log into Amazon and search KRVN to enable our skill. Ask your device to open KRVN, and Alexa will take it from there. It is that time of the day to talk about regional ag weather, and our own Paul Perkins has now joined us. Well, Paul, how about this? I was talking about it about half an hour ago. Four inches of snow in the Sandhills. Yes, uh, well, once again, a snowy morning across parts of the north central and northeast Nebraska. Also, a good dose of snow fell into northeast Nebraska, if you were uh, keeping an eye on the road cams there. Luckily, it didn't stick to the roads, but it did add to their accumulation because there were a lot of locations yesterday that had, especially from about the Nebraska Sandhills into northeast Nebraska, some words uh, upwards of around four to five inches in many locations. Wow. But, yeah, this morning, a report out of Thetford, four inches of snow once again. A white October across the area. <laughs> Apparently so. Now, it's going to be warm enough. It's obviously going to melt probably by the end of today. But exactly. regardless, at least some areas are getting some precipitation. Exactly. Uh, a lot of people were kind of clamoring for it, even though harvest was underway. But a lot of the people probably liking that lowering of the dust factor across the area. That That, that is very <laughs> true. Uh, temperature is also going to stay a little bit cooler today, I'm sure, as well. Yes, thanks to some cool high pressure settled over Wisconsin right now. That's keeping that cool easterly and northeasterly flow. Where we do have the snow cover across the uh, ground, we are seeing those temperatures stay on the cool side. The mid to upper 30s for much of northwest to northeast Nebraska, including 36 right now at Ord, 37 at Broken Bow, where we didn't see any snow cover over the southern half of Nebraska to northern Kansas. The temperature's more so right now in the upper 30s to low 40s. Still a little bit of light snow and maybe some probably falling as some light rain in the Nebraska Sand Hills just to the west of Thedford and south of Mullen, on into western Cherry County, and then the snow has pretty much departed eastern Nebraska and now is into north central Iowa. That cool high pressure keeping those temperatures about 15 degrees cooler than normal. It's currently centered over Wisconsin. We're getting some easterly winds off in that area of high pressure, and that's going up against the front to the west and keeping our skies partly to mostly cloudy. Better chances of seeing some sunshine today will be the farther west locations. The cloud cover is still fairly thick right now across southeast Nebraska into far southern Kansas into north, or far southern Nebraska into northern Kansas. The cloud cover, though, tomorrow may be a little slow to erode across central and east areas or if you're to the east of Highway 183. A warm front will improve the temperatures to seasonal levels in western areas, but lingering clouds in parts of the central and east keeping it slightly cooler than usual. A little more sunshine 
on Wednesday and Thursday with temperatures that are seasonal to slightly below average. Light rain and snow, though, possible with a strong cold front late Thursday into Thursday night. With that front on Thursday, strong winds will be possible both ahead of and behind that cold front. Also, a decent chance of a killing freeze. Thursday night and especially Friday night as Arctic high pressure drops south into the region. Now, late in the weekend and early next week, wintry precipitation will be possible with another system that does bear some watching. In the long-term forecast, cooler than normal temperatures remain likely for Nebraska and Kansas on into the north-central and northwestern U.S. this weekend through the first day of next month. The better chances of those cooler temperatures coming up this weekend and early next week. Above normal precipitation likely this weekend and early next week for Nebraska and Kansas. That's before it turns drier than normal by the middle of next week through the 1st of November. Key weather factors impacting market trade include wetter and colder weather for the central U.S. and limited precipitation in the southern plains and wheat regions of Russia. Cold weather across the northern plains and upper Midwest will further deepen as this week progresses. Temperatures near or below zero are expected by the end of the week across northern sections of the Rockies and Plains. Can you say winter's not too far off? (laughs) Thank you. The Midwest will see moderate to heavy rain and some snow this week. That combination unfavorable for uh, the harvest right now and will cause some disruption in the harvest. The Midwest harvest running well ahead of average right now, but we'll have some difficulty maintaining that pace with the conditions this week in the southern plains to dry weather the next five days unfavorable for winter wheat the wheat likely to go dormant under drought conditions russian wheat areas are forecast to see just some light to moderate rain this week that is the heaviest rain so far this crop season but the russian wheat benefit expected to be minimal that's since south russia has had its lowest late summer and early fall rainfall in the past 30 years mm. all right so going to be chilly here the next couple of days at least the snow's not going to linger around so people are trying to get back into the fields don't have to necessarily worry about that but still going to be cool exactly and probably some cooler uh, those cooler conditions a little slow it's a little slower to dry too so sure. that right. will be maintained but yeah across northern nebraska once again another good dose of snow this morning Mm-mm-mm. four inches near mullen all right very good for more weather where can you find it at weather page krvn.com thank you very much district. In a society that wants more information about the products that they're purchasing for their families, there is one that brings a link back to the person who picks the product. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Raul Fernandez is co-founder of Thanks. That's T-H-X with an exclamation point. They are an organization that showcases the farm workers that pick those produce that your family enjoys. He and I spoke via Zoom while he's in Argentina. Thanks brand is is a social impact brand. And um, what we mean by social impact is that uh, we are not only interested in uh, like any brand and having a preference and making a profit, but we want that part of our profits contribute to the betterment of, of society or the communities. And uh, the concept behind thanks is that we uh, use part of our profits, about 20% of our profits, towards helping farm workers achieve a dream. Uh, as you know, we, we in the Produce industry and in farming in general um, talk a lot about the farmer, you know, which normally is the, the, the owner, uh, 
Uh, we talk very little about the farmhand, and, and there are very few people that can farm without farmhands. And uh, so, uh, especially when we do talk about products that are direct to consumers, like for example, in our case, blueberries and cherries, um, we wanted to make a connection that connected the consumers with farm workers. And so that the consumers could learn about the farm workers' life and about their dreams and what they, and that they could not only learn, but they could contribute to improve the livelihood of the farm workers. And the idea behind thanks is, is to, um, to uh, be able to share that dream with, with the consumers so that consumers understand what they're helping achieve. And as he explains, the program isn't fair trade. Beyond fair trade, with two different aspects. One is there is no, um, we don't demand a certification or we don't um, you know, charge a fee for, for, for being part of, of thanks. But it's, it's not a certification program per se. Our, our goal is to create a, um, a voluntary um, movement where people say, you know, yes, I believe that we should, you know, uh, provide, you know, not only for profit and, and, and the job for our workers, but also that we should use some of our profits for, uh, to have an impact in the communities where we operate. And so the model is, is basically uh, voluntary. It's based on, on beliefs. It's not based on any, um, anything that, you know, it's like a certification program where you, you have to have a certificate to demonstrate that you do What type of reaction have you gotten from the farm workers as they participate in the program? Oh, thank you for asking me that question because uh, it, it's, really unbelievable. Um, I've had the, the honor of being able to go personally to uh, deliver the, the, the dreams to the farm workers. You can read more about the program by going to thanksdreams.com. That's thxdreams.com. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network. It is time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks, Tyler. It's game week for the Huskers. Nebraska's a 26-point underdog at this point at Ohio State to open up the year. Of course, one of Nebraska's top returners is sophomore running back Wandale Robinson, and he talks about where he hopes to be improved. Definitely just being healthy. That's number one. Um, and then me being a complete receiver, being able to play outside, inside, um, really not been having to come off the field. Even if they need me to get in the backfield for some things, I can do that. Um, so just being healthy was a really big part so I could really flourish and do what I wanted to do. Robinson was very productive a year ago, but those injuries slowed him down. Kickoff on Saturday is set for 11. We will bring you the game right here on 880 KRVN and 106.9 in Kearney. It's also been announced that Nebraska's game with Wisconsin on Halloween. That will be a 2.30 kickoff in Lincoln. Two of the NFL's top passers face off at a rescheduled Monday night showdown this afternoon when Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs travel to play Josh Allen of the Bills. Allen is enjoying a breakout start and ranking second in the NFL in yards passing, while Mahomes is fourth. This game was initially scheduled to be played Thursday night, but pushed back after the Bills ended up playing a virus-delayed game against Tennessee. 
Kickoff of this game is set for shortly after 4. You can hear it in the Holdridge and Phelps County area on KUVR. Tonight, it's Monday night action with Arizona at Dallas. The Big 12 on ESPN has announced today that K-State's October 31st game at West Virginia will kick off at 11.30. The network designation will be made after games are played this weekend. It'll be the Wildcats' third morning game to this point in the year. The Dodgers are National League champs for the 25th time after winning the last three games of their NLCS against Atlanta. Yesterday, they erased deficits of 2-0 and 3-2 before completing a 4-3 win over the Braves in Game 7. Cody Bellinger, who had a big series, gave L.A. the lead for good with a solo home run in the 7th. High school sports at Republican Plains Activities Conference Volleyball Tournament begins tonight. That tournament will wrap up tomorrow. And high school football playoffs are set in the eight-man ranks. You can find all of those brackets at krvn.com. On Thursday, we will have coverage of three games for you with Southern Valley at Highline here on 880 KRVN. That game will kick off at 7 and will be played in Elwood. On Cammy Country, Elm Creek will host Hitchcock County with kickoff at 7. And on our sister station, KUVR, D2 playoff action with Leighton at Loomis. That's a 4 o'clock start on KUVR. That's Check of Sports. Have a great day. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Helen. Eddieville Miller School will be moving to remote learning next week, October 19th through the 24th. SEM School has seen a significant increase in positive COVID cases as well as individuals with COVID-related symptoms. SEM Superintendent Kevin Finke wrote in a letter to parents saying, I have every confidence that our academic staff will work with students to provide the best digital learning experience they can. Unlike quarantine learning, extracurricular events will continue with close monitoring and only those who are non-symptomatic may participate. Fire officials in the eastern Nebraska city of Columbus say a stray ember from a wood-burning fireplace sparked a house fire over the weekend that killed four people. The Nebraska State Fire Marshal's office says in a news release that 27-year-old Lars Barcel and 28-year-old Janelle Miller died in the fire along with two children whose names were not released Monday. Officials say the fire broke out Saturday morning in a house in the heart of Columbus, which is about 70 miles west of Omaha. Firefighters pulled all four from the house and rushed them to a local hospital where they were pronounced dead. State Fire Marshal investigators and Columbus police determined that the ember ignited nearby combustible materials. President Donald Trump is pushing back at Senator Ben Sass on Twitter, calling the Nebraska senator a liability to the Republican Party and an embarrassment to the state. The president's Twitter attack Saturday came after Sass told constituents in a telephone town hall Wednesday that Trump has flirted with white supremacists, mocks Christian evangelicals in private and kisses dictators' butts. Sass is running for a second term in a reliably red state. He made his comments in response to a question about why he has been willing to publicly criticize a president of his own party. A spokesman has said the same things to the president. Governor Pete Ricketts opened his Friday news conference as he customarily does with a reminder of things people can do to curtail the pandemic. We still have the pandemic. There's still the virus around. It's still important that you wear that mask, that you wash your hands, and that you maintain that six foot of distance between you and other people. We're going to talk a little bit more in detail about that. Shortly after that, the governor listed several steps he's implementing in light of a surge of new cases and hospitalizations in Nebraska. They include indoor gatherings must drop to 50% of capacity versus the current 75% capacity allowed. 
Also, people at bars and restaurants must remain seated and with no more than eight to a table. You can find more news at krvn.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Ellen Simmons. An ag tech incubator at Nebraska Innovation Campus was the recent recipient of a $600,000 grant from the Department of Commerce. And today we're joined by Matt Foley. He is the program director at Invest Nebraska, joining us with all of the details. So, Matt, thanks for being with us today. Alex, great to speak with you. So, first of all, before we get into learn more about this grant, tell us a little bit about Invest Nebraska and then its role with the Combine. Absolutely. Invest Nebraska, we're a statewide nonprofit, 501c3, and we're focused on helping high-growth entrepreneurs get started and ultimately get funding all across the state of Nebraska. So we made our first investment around 2011, and since then we've been investing in early-stage technology startups all across the state of Nebraska. So we're an industry-agnostic fund, so that means we'll invest in, in, in agriculture, biotechnology, a lot of software as a service companies. Um, that being said, as you can imagine, in a state like Nebraska, where we really hope to see a lot of entrepreneurial activity in agriculture. Um, and in, in the last couple of years, we've seen a couple of success stories, but lots of room for growth. And that's kind of where the Combine came to be. So the Combine is an incubator program that helps those early stage entrepreneurs in food and agriculture kind of get started, get access to maybe the grant funding and some of the mentors and advisors that can really help get their company moving forward in the right direction. And to really get this a good boost, the Department of Commerce awarded a $600,000 grant to the Combine. Tell us more about this grant. Yeah, so very fortunate to be awarded this support. It is called the Build to Scale Program. And the Build to Scale Program is the Department of Commerce initiative that helps entrepreneurial support organizations like Invest Nebraska really take something that is working and, and really ramp it up. So we piloted the Combine program for the last 12 months. Um, and now this opportunity will really allow us to kind of ramp up some of our operations. So specifically, some of the things we're going to be focusing on is our Insights Network. Our Insights Network is a group of farmers and ranchers across the state of Nebraska that are interested in, for their own benefit, partnering with early-stage technology so they can see what is kind of on the cutting edge, what could be coming up that could impact or affect their operation, but also looking to give back to the Nebraska community and, and provide, whether it's a customer interview or customer feedback to some of these early products. So we're going to be really trying to grow this network all across the state of Nebraska, and the support from the Department of Commerce will play a huge role in that. Absolutely. Give us an idea then of some of the entrepreneurial ventures that are growing within within the Combine. Yeah, a couple of fun ones to name off, and obviously these range from um, – pretty much idea stage where they're just starting to do some customer interviews and learn about does this idea have any legs to it and some have fully fledged prototypes and are starting to make some sales. We have a company called Bird's Eye Technology and they're based out of Herman, Nebraska that is working on a robotic solution to work through poultry barns and automate some of the labor that honestly is, is, is not too fun jobs to do. Some of, the, some of the jobs such as walking through these barns and picking up some of the uh, dead, dead birds. Uh, we have another early stage company called Corral. Corral is trying to bring some efficiency through software and hardware and, and pasture management for grass-fed and free-range cattle. Um, and another company that's working out of the combine incubator is, this is probably an example of a later stage company, some company that be aware of is a company called CropX. CropX is actually an Israeli ag tech company, but their U.S. office is located in the incubator. 
um, and they're working in precision irrigation management software solution. Matt, let's switch gears a little bit because you've been leading this effort for going on a year now. Give us an idea of how far this incubator has come since you guys started 12 months ago. Yeah, I'd say the most encouraging thing is we're really seeing start an uptick in, in two key metrics. One is inbound interest from Nebraska entrepreneurs that might not have their own business, but just want to know, hey, what are some resources available? Because I've got some ideas in, my back, in the back of my head. And that's particularly exciting to me because obviously in, in the tough, tough economic times we're in now, studies have shown that the desire and the opportunity for entrepreneurship is is really at a special point. So people that may be either laid off or are looking for a new employment opportunity, this could be their chance to start their own venture. And then additionally, we're starting to see some additional uptake of interest in the combine and partnering with the state of Nebraska and Nebraska agriculture from outside of state uh, ag tech companies, whether it be setting up a satellite office in the state of Nebraska or finding ways to partnership and leverage their technology to Nebraska producers. Um, so only only a year into the program and still a long ways to go from where we'd like to get to be, but it's been an encouraging kind of pilot program. Absolutely. What do you hope to see then in the next 5, 10, 15 years down the road? Yeah, I think the most encouraging thing is really planning the opportunity to plant a flag and, and showing that Nebraska producers, they care so much about the land that they manage and the people that they feed and, and being able to tell their stories and how they're going to continue to be innovative and partner with these startups. Um, it's a pretty amazing opportunity that we get to be a part of. For sure. All right, Matt, one last question before uh, we round out this conversation. What's the best way to learn more about the Combine or Invest Nebraska? Yeah, the pretty pretty um, easy domains, hopefully, to remember, but the Invest Nebraska website is just investnebraska.com, and then you can also check out the Nebraska Combine, nebraskacombine.com. Um, both of those respective websites are great ways to learn more. All right, great information. Thanks so much, Matt. Thanks, Alex. That again is Matt Foley. He is the Program Director for Invest Nebraska. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Bureau. With Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks have been mixed on Wall Street at the beginning of another busy week for corporate earnings news. The S&P climbed five-tenths of a percent in the first few minutes of trading today. IBM will report its latest quarterly results after the closing bell, while Netflix, Comerica, and Procter & Gamble will follow on Tuesday. Traders were encouraged to see that China's economy grew at a nearly 5% annual pace in the last quarter as it emerged from pandemic lockdowns. Congress is quickly moving past the point at which it can deliver more coronavirus relief before the election. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, her Senate Republican rivals, and President Donald Trump are not on the same page, and if they don't resolve their differences soon, virus relief will have to wait. Trump's Republican allies are reconvening the Senate this week to vote on a virus proposal, but it's a bill that failed once before and that Trump himself now says is too puny. If the measure fails, Republicans plan to turn the chamber's full attention to confirming Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Phillips is buying shale producer Concho Resources in an all-stock deal valued at $9.7 billion. Concho's common stock will be exchanged for a fixed ratio of 1.46 shares of Phillips shares. 
The coronavirus pandemic has put millions of Americans out of work, but many of those still working are fearful, distressed, and stretched thin. A quarter have even considered quitting their jobs as worries related to the pandemic weigh on them, according to a new poll by the Associated Press, NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. About seven in ten workers cited juggling their jobs and other responsibilities as a source of stress, along with fears of contracting the virus. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. Something as simple as a QR code on a package of produce is changing lives all across the globe. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. I'm continuing my conversation via Zoom with Raul Fernandez. He is the co-founder of Thanks. That's T-H-X exclamation point. He spoke to me while in Argentina about how this QR code is really changing the lives of producers all across the globe. That includes not only South America, but North America as well. Also report that there's been a tremendous improvement in morale, in attitude, in uh, productivity in the farms where, where, uh, where they're packing with, their, with the brands, with the, with the labels that have the farm workers from that brand, from that farm. Uh, you know, people say, hey, my, my face is there, you know, careful, don't, don't take care of the product. Uh, you know, uh, and people are saying, well, can I, what, what do I need to do to be on the program next year? I want to be on the label next year. So uh, it creates a lot of excitement. Oh, I can just imagine. And the fact that consumers can scan that QR code, learn about that worker, but I think it really puts a face behind the product that they're getting ready to serve their families. They can say to their children, to family members, you know, this person picked these grapes, picked these blueberries, whatever the food is that they're consuming. And I think it brings reality maybe a little bit closer to folk for folks. Yes. And the videos allow them to see exactly where they work, where they live, their family. Uh, it creates a very strong bond. And because of that, we, we get a tremendous amount of uh, fan mail. Uh, it is uh, really uh, interesting how people call, uh, send us a mail and say, oh, I saw your product, I love it. How can I help Maria? Or how can I help you know, John? Or... Uh, uh, they, they, want to do, they want to go further. They said, you know, this is great. I'm helping. I love it. But can I help more? Uh, so it, it's really, uh, it shows, it brings out the best of people. I, I believe people, especially people in North America, you know, especially the Midwest. I, I lived in I lived in the Midwest for, for six years, so I, I know the Midwest well. And people are so, you know, they're, they're good people. They're good-hearted people. They're, they really want to lend a hand. And um, and that's what I love about the Midwest. Uh, and what I find is that uh, you know we're giving people an opportunity and a voice to be able to, to, to help other people who are less fortunate. And doing it by buying good, healthy products for, to feed their children. So they're doing good, and they're you know they're, they're doing you know good for their family too. So it's a win-win. Where does somebody find the Thanks brand? to be able to make these purchases to help make these dreams come true? As you know, blueberries are harvested year-round in different parts of the world. So uh, they come in from, you know, they come from different parts of the United States and they come from uh, South America and, and, and Mexico into the United States depending on the time of the year. So because of that, 
the availability varies by brand depending on the time of the, of the year. Uh, in the Midwest, we've been at Kroger, um, we've been at um, we've been at Jewel, uh, we've been at, at uh, you know, some major supermarkets. Bull said that they are working to expand to other grocery stores. Find more at thxdreams.com. I'm Susan Littlefield from the World Radio Network. Clay Patton on the World Radio Network. Now let's talk with John Payne with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And John, a nice close back here across the board. Is this coming back from the technical side, the currency side, or fundamentals like drought across the U.S. and Russia and even really South America? The, the, I don't know. It's, a, it's an amazing switch on the dynamics that we've seen on the feed grain side. I think really even talk about being led by uh, sorghum. You know, sorghum trading like $300 a metric ton, which is like double what it was trading two years ago. So it's a, uh, you know, we see a tremendous run here on feed grains. You kind of see it today as well when, uh, um, you kind of see it today when you have feeders getting whacked like that. You know, when you see that big downside moving feeder, feeder cattle, it's related really, in my opinion, to two things. I mean, certainly falling fat prices would, would encourage that, but I think it's correlated more to the you know, the difficulty it is to, to feed cattle right now in the south, or at least the thought of that, um, you know, drought persisting. We're in La Nina. It hasn't rained in Texas and Oklahoma and, you know, western Kansas in a while. And, uh, you know, they're not calling for anything in the forecast. So that com- combined with this higher price for feed, I think it just causes some of the, you know, I don't know, you want to call it speculative traders, but just the money that pushes this around has really been chasing that story since the, the later part of um, You know, if you were calling go Go look at a chart, feeder cattle top the day corn bottom. And uh, I think given where we are here in the time of the year, I, I like feeder cattle a lot. I think the deferred, you know, contracts look pretty attractive here. And that, uh, you know, that puts corn on the defensive at least for the next couple of months, in my opinion. But I've been saying that for a week now, maybe two, maybe three. So I know you're sick of it, but it's just seasonally a tough time to want to own anything on the grain side. Then over in the currency trade as well, we see the U.S. dollar softening here today. The Russian rubles continue to pick up pace, and then the Chinese yuan has just been uh, gaining a lot of ground. Yeah, it's uh, currency is going to flip, and we haven't flipped yet in South America yet. So that's kind of where we can leg. If we want to leg, uh, we can do it from that. But uh, Informa came out, and one of the private analysts talked about new crop acreage for next year. You know, we're just peg about 90 million for each crop and i think that that should keep the deferred contracts from really rallying here which has been tough for sell side people because you want to sell rallies right but we haven't got much of a rally in like the 2022 contracts yet again we're talking with john payne senior marketing analyst with daniel zag marketing in chicago and publisher of the newsletter this week in grain of course you can always learn more at danielsagmarketing.com again that's danielsagmarketing.com and there you can sign up for a free trial of uh, uh, john's newsletter this week in grain is what he calls that do remember though trading futures and options involve risk of loss it may not be suitable for all investors so do consider these risks before investing Thank you very much, Clay. That'll wrap up Midday here on KRVN. If you miss anything, go back and listen to our Midday podcast sponsored by Deveni Motors. That is available at krvn.com and on iTunes.